right, all right. Well, again, it is great seeing all of you today. Thanks for venturing out on such a cold morning. We're tough up in the North Country, aren't we? Nothing's gonna hold us back from being together with God's people. Not even 17 below, right? Takes more than that. You know, one of the things, if you've attended Freedom Church for any amount of time, you know that one of the things that we value is prayer. I have said this, that, that in the churches I pastor here, I believe one of my roles, one of my mandates from the Lord is to really to mobilize people in prayer. Because where God is leading us as a church, I've never been more excited about what God has for us as Freedom Church and for our community. But I know this, the only way that that will happen is it has to be preceded in prayer. And so it, it, that whole thing of prayer. So, so we, we, we love, we embrace prayer fully. And so as we've been looking at this now, knowing we just finished 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, I had met an individual first time. Well, actually, it was this morning, but certainly we had talked on the phone different times. Uh, and uh, Kevin has a, a prayer ministry. I know he travels around speaking at different churches, different areas, really training, helping people to understand the vital role that prayer can have in our lives. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to say his last name, so I'll allow him to, to explain to you uh, that last name. I know this, it's not Norwegian, so I know that, but, but uh, in all of it. But would you welcome to Freedom Church into this platform, Kevin. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning and excited for all that God has for us today. Uh, and I'm excited for what you've just come through, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, it's kind of that launching point for your year and you've been talking about asking, seeking, and knocking, and now we're going to kind of make a shift this morning. We're going to do two things. First, we're going to zoom back and talk about prayer generally, and we're going to talk about you had a time of intensive prayer, and then we're going to go, what does prayer look like throughout the year? What does prayer look like for you as you go throughout your day? And if you're a person who's like, Whoa, I came to the wrong service today. A prayer is not for me. Uh, hang with me. Give me a few minutes here before you zone out because uh, I think you're going to enjoy what God has for us. Let me pray one more time. Jesus, in the next few moments, I pray that you would communicate and communicate clearly. We lean into you. We want you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now... I lead a ministry called Christ Connection, which takes me around the uh, country, around the world, helping people to find enjoyment in prayer. And you may not think that's possible, but that, that's our mission. That's what we're all about. And to set the stage, I need to, as we dive in this morning, let me you know, kind of lay a couple things out for you. First of all, the last name, right? Uh, he didn't even bother trying, uh, which you, you wonder why, why? Why would he do that? Because uh, it's Senapati Ratna, right? Uh, just a good, you know, simple name, rolls off your tongue, don't you think? Uh, rolls off of mine, it's fine. Uh, Senapati Ratna, uh, not a Norwegian name. It is a Sri Lankan name, which if you're not familiar with Sri Lanka, there's a, India is kind of a V-shape, there's an island country off the coast there, uh, and that is Sri Lanka, that is where my dad is from, that is uh, where I live from second grade to fifth grade, that's where I'd like to be this morning, because it's a tropical island, <laughs> thank you Jesus, <laughs> I got Sri Lankan blood in me, okay, I, I, I'm not made for this, but no, uh, that is a place where my dad is from, uh, and if you were to go there, again, I recommend you'd go there this morning. But if you were to go there, uh, you would find that there are not many Senapati Ratnas. 
the reason you would not find many Senapatiratnas is the story goes, my great-grandfather made up the name, all right? Uh, he made up the name, no joke, he made up the name because he thought his name was boring beforehand. So, thank you, Grandpa, no longer have a boring name. I don't know, was it Johnson? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, just kidding. All right, I know, I know. I still have the microphone, it's fine. Uh, I may not get the second service, but it's all right. Uh, no, it, it was one of those common names, and uh, he thought he needed to fix that, and so it was Senapati Ratna. But I say that with purpose as well this morning, because maybe it's uh, hearing that story all my life, maybe uh, it's in my DNA, I don't know, but I have come to believe that life was not designed to be boring. And as I read this book, Christianity for sure was not designed to be boring. Prayer was not designed to be boring. But too many people go through their Christian experience and think that prayer is boring, it's intimidating, it's just about guilt, it doesn't accomplish a whole lot, and I'm too busy to pray. Now, none of you, of course, you're, you know, but the, the person maybe sitting next to you thinks that. And so I, I want to challenge you with that this morning, that prayer does not need to be boring, which leads to the second thing that I need to explain, why I'm wearing a superhero shirt. <coughs> uh, for, uh, I wear it for a few reasons. First of all, uh, I thought the rest of you were going to be wearing, and I'm just trying to fit in. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Um, I, I wear it because I am a nerd, first and foremost. And then, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> Me and three other people in the room. But uh, I, I embraced the nerd with it. Actually, uh, in my first book, Enjoying Prayer, which is the practical book on uh, how to enjoy your prayer life, uh, one of the chapter titles in there is Embrace the Nerd Within. Okay, so that is who I am. That's who I've always been. So this makes me feel comfortable. Uh, but I also wear this because as I travel around church after church after church, there's an idea that has crept in when we talk about prayer. There's this idea that there are super Christians that really know how to pray. And then there's the rest of us that just muddle through. There's those people that we imagine wake up in the morning and float to the bathroom, you know? Those people who have so much, they have it all together, that we just imagine somewhere in their house is a phone booth that has been constructed by angels. You know those people that they pick up the bat phone before, oh, now I'm mixing metaphors, but anyways, they pick up the bat phone and have direct line to heaven before flying off for their day. Have you ever met those people? They're the people you don't want to sit next to at the prayer meeting, you know, uh, because they pray those amazing prayers. I probably heard something like this before. They come, it goes, I come before thy throneth of grace and falleth upon my face. I know that I am but a worm, so step on me, God, and watch me squirm. No, 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 that's not what it is. They pray these prayers, it's just so amazing. They pray, you know, around the world in five seconds with 14 verses in, you know, Greek and Hebrew, the whole thing, and you're like, wow, that's so amazing. I could never pray like that, so why even bother? And the moment you say, so why even bother, is the moment you've been lied to. Because the God who spun the world into existence likes to spend time with you. Psalms 149 verse 4 in the, New Living, uh, the Living Bible paraphrase says, for Jehovah enjoys his people. 
Jehovah's another name for God. And so if you say, hey, God enjoys his people. Now, in order to be his people, it's not about us, right? Hey, if you've been around here for a while, you know that, hey, we don't become his people because of what we have done. We become his people because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. We become his people because he died on the cross for our sin and we came back to life that we might experience that as we become followers of him. So we're not earning the title his people. And so if you are here this morning and have begun to follow, that means God enjoys you. God enjoys spending time with you. By the way, if you haven't, today's a great day to start that. But for the rest of us, this is the fact that God likes to spend time with you. He created you, not just the person sitting next to you. He created you for relationship. That's why he created you. And now I, I know when the guest speaker comes in and starts talking about relationship with God, I made reference to, you're like, okay, he's going after that other person who, who maybe slipped in here and doesn't know what relationship with God is about. And yes, I'll give you that moment later, but sometimes we miss the point. So in order for me to illustrate this to you, uh, let's imagine. Now I've been married for uh, since December 28th, 1996. Uh, Jenny and I have been married. We have one daughter uh, who is uh, turning 16. All right. So, uh, she's learning to drive. So pray for me. Anyways, uh, uh, but uh, imagine with me that I had a time machine. Okay. And we could all jump in it. Now maybe it's a DeLorean or maybe it's something else. I'm just trying to see who my people are. All right, there. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, we all jump into the time machine and go back to December 28, 1996. And we go to a church much like this. And, uh, you know, I come down to the front and then Jenny walks down the aisle and we come up on, on the stage and we make our vows in front of our friends and family and apparently a bunch of you because uh, you're there because of the time machine. I don't remember seeing you, but it's fine. Uh, and then uh, we, we say our vows and because, uh, you know, it's right around Christmas time as we're walking off the stage, the pianist goes rogue and starts playing joy to the world. And so, you you can see the video my wife turns around, and then wife, I guess. She turns around like, what is going on here? Anyways, uh, joy to the world's play, and we go out in the lobby, and we sign the forms. And I don't know how it goes in North Dakota, but you have to sign these forms that go off to the county. And so we sign the forms uh, send it off, uh, that's sent off to the county, and then we go up to the reception hall. And at the reception hall, we have a, a, a lunch of fried chicken uh, because my mother-in-law vetoed me when I wanted to have Subway. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what she was thinking. Uh, and so uh, we have our fried chicken. We do the reception thing. And then imagine with me for a moment that after that is over, Jenny and I go downstairs, get in our separate cars, and go our separate ways never to speak to each other again. Technically, in the sight of God and in the sight of the law, we are married. But what would be the point? The point of getting married is to journey through life together. The same is true of our relationship with Jesus. You can make a first commitment to follow him, uh, much like we do, you know, baptism. In a, you know, uh, next week, you make that public. I'm going to uh, follow Jesus, and that's great, and we celebrate that. And we remember those moments. 
But God wants to journey with you every single day. And so I like to say prayer is, first of all, a get to before it's a have to. We get to go and be with God. We get to enjoy his company. Psalm 1611 uh, says, You have made known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 84 verse 10 says, in, in one, one day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. And you're like, Kevin, that's just not true. <clears throat> I have prayed before. And it's not, uh, there's a lot of things I'd rather do than uh, one day in his courts, uh, a thousand days elsewhere. I, I, I can think, I have some ideas here. Uh, but that's actually good news if you're, you're thinking that this morning. Because I believe this book over my experience. And if this book says better is one day in his courts than a, a thousand elsewhere, I can trust that if I keep going after Jesus, keep building my relationship with him, at some point I will say better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. So let me just encourage you to keep going after him. Let me encourage you to keep seeking him. And yes, you can learn things about it. Come back tonight. I'll give you a framework uh, to find a, an enjoyable prayer life. Let me just, I'll just lay out some ideas and a framework to think about so that you can truly enjoy prayer. But it starts with a heart commitment saying, I want that relationship with Jesus to go like it's never gone before. And any of us can do it, super Christian, not super Christian. And the an amazing thing is not only is prayer, first of all, a get to before it's a have to. Think about this for a second. Your prayer makes a difference. Not the person across the, uh, the, the room. Your prayer makes a difference. Not only does, if God just led us into the room to talk to him, that would be amazing enough. But God invites us to partner with him in prayer to make a difference here and around the world by our prayer. That's astounding to think about. Again, tonight I'll give you lots of practical things, but I want to give you something this morning to hang your hat on, to uh, get a starting point in, ca in case you can't make it back tonight. Uh, let me just give you some practical, and that's where a nerd's going to help you. I'm just, let me just get practical for a moment here. Hey, uh, let me just unpack one thought that you can hang your hat on. Let me read a verse in Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 30. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Now, I can't unpack this completely, but he gives two things there. He says, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. He says, if you love what Jesus has done for you by dying on a cross for your sins, by coming back to life that you could follow him and have life eternal, if you love that, and if you love what the Spirit does that only the Spirit does, those amazing things that the Spirit of God does in, a, in people's lives, he says, then pray for me. And so let me give you a very practical thing that anyone in this room can do to increase and change your prayer life. Make a commitment to pray for your pastors and leaders. If you, that, anyone can do that. Hey, you may not feel big, you may not feel strong, you may not, but you can make a difference here and around the world by committing to praying for your pastors and leaders. Because I've found as I travel around this country and around the world, that as a church commits to that simple act, 
It can change the spiritual climate of the church. It just goes to a next level. Because ordinary people say, I can make a difference by praying for my pastors and leaders because as God does something in the leadership at a whole new level and God begins to move, that begins to affect the entire church and as that begins to infect the entire church, it begins to touch all around the neighborhood. And you can do that. And let me just be, uh, you know, just what that can look like. Now, normally, and this is where I have failed as a, a person, sort of, uh, I forgot what I normally carry around with me every single day. I, in, my, in one of my pockets, I carry around with me, and it's just a crazy travel, and I left them at home. But I carry around almost every day with me a three-by-five card. And if you could see them, you would see how cool I really am because they're laminated. <laughs> That's right. The only difference between me and you and my prayer life and your prayer life is I found a laminator, people. All right, as uh, you think about this. Uh, and these things are so cool because I put them in my pocket. And on one side of the card, it says Sunday, because that's the day. You know, it's, it's really profound. You know, I, I'm, I'm really deep that way. And, and so uh, I, I, on the other side, it says pastors is one of the things it says. And the reason why I carry around my pocket is because sometimes I have need to go into my pocket as I go through my day. Maybe I, I, I'm driving down the road and I you know, stop at the gas station and I need to put uh, gas in the car and which would cause you to pray anyways because you look as the thing goes spinning around there faster than it's ever been going before. Anyways, uh, and you go in your pocket to put the, the card in the machine and you poke yourself because those things are pointy. You know, and you're like, whoa, there's a three by five card in my pocket. And while you're standing there, you're like, oh yeah, I committed to pray for pastors today. And so while I'm filling up the gas tank, taking the garbage out and putting it in the uh, trash as you know, the whole process of uh, when you're filling up your gas tank, I pray for pastors. And then sometimes I get back in my car and I, you know, turn back on my audio book and go about my day. Or sometimes I've started a conversation with the God of the universe and I don't want it to stop. Because it's sometimes those simple things that make all the difference in the world. It's the simple choices that tr change the trajectory of our spiritual life. You may, I, I, you look like a bunch of cool people here, so I'm feeling a little intimidated this morning, but uh, yeah, you may not take three by five cards out. You can find something different. Maybe you'll, you'll grab your phone and put a reminder that goes off at a certain time, you know, on a certain day. Oh, that's my reminder to pray for pastors. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, my wife uh, has certain things on the clock. So if, if it's a, a 1234, <laughs> we've been doing this so long that now my daughter's like, oh, it's time to pray because that's just a reminder there. Maybe it's a certain day of the week. You say, I'm going to use that as a way to uh, pray or may, whatever it is, do something simple. Let me challenge you to start with two minutes. Just do two minutes sometime. Hey, you've been having an intensive time of prayer over a course of, uh, you know, the last 21 days. Now start habits that can last you the rest of your lifetime. Yeah. Do simple things that you can do every single day. Two minutes. Maybe it's when you brush your teeth. Maybe it's whatever it is. Find that time and say, I'm going to pray for my pastor, pray for my church. 
as you begin to pray for your church, your heart's going to be drawn in to the adventure of serving Jesus at a whole new level. Because God wants to use this church like never before. But it's going to require and not just a certain amount of people praying. As a matter of fact, I was at a meeting last, uh, well, I guess it was a, uh, this last Tuesday. And the, there's a guy who studies this. And he, he said the magic number is 17%. If 17% of a church gets involved in prayer at a new level, it changes the church. That's not about uh, being only super Christians. That means all of us just find a place to get involved. Do something, start somewhere. And you can see things happen. Now, there's a a passage in uh, the Gospel of Mark where Jesus is right near the cross. And he's about to go to the cross to die for our sins. He's about all that's going to happen there when he comes back to life. And so he goes with his disciples into the garden to pray. So he takes three of them off by himself. And then he goes just a little bit further and says, let's pray. And then he comes back and finds them sleeping. And he says to them in Mark 14, verse 37, couldn't you not watch with me one hour? And now I've been raised in church all my life, all right? I like to joke that I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday kind of kid, you know? And I was, you know, to be fair, I was born on Saturday, was not in church on Sunday. But my mother assures me I was there the next Sunday. I'm like, Mom, it's fine, you know? I, I, I turned out sort of okay, it's okay. I didn't miss that, I missed that first service. But I, I, all would be different if I was there on Sunday. No, but... I say that because, uh, you know, I've heard this, these kind of stories all my life. And, and one of my principles is prayer is not about guilt. It's not, it's not a, it's a, I just said, it's a get to before it's a have to. And as I hear this, you know, over the years, Jesus said, could you not watch with me one hour? And I kind of got in my head that, okay, that's kind of guilty, Jesus. You know, you know you're kind of pouring, pouring on the guilt on your disciples. And I'm like, after thinking about it and praying about it for a while, I'm like, whoa, I I got this so wrong. Jesus is about to be involved in the most important event in history. There is the most powerful thing that's about to define everything that will come after that. You know, it's a a B.C. to A.D. kind of moment. There's just a, a... Everything's going to define by the basis of the cross. And he is preparing for that and invites three people in with him to, be in, to participate in the prayer meeting that sets it all up. This is not guilt. This is opportunity. We as well have been invited into the most powerful thing that we could ever do to pray and see things change. Pray and see churches change. Pray and see uh, this region change. You and I, ordinary people, like they, they were fishermen, whatever you would put to your title, the God of the universe invites you to make a difference by your prayer. 
And so this is not guilt, this is opportunity, and I want to invite each and every one of you to say, I can do that. I can start somewhere, I can do something. You don't, don't, you don't have to start big, as I said, you can start small and just do two minutes, whatever it is, or just say, okay, I'll come back tonight. I'll just come back tonight and learn some more. Let's do something like that. Figure out some way to take that prayer life to the next level. Because as I already said, God enjoys being with you. He likes hanging out with you. Your friends may abandon you. Your family may abandon you. But the God who spun the worlds into existence wants to sit down and have a conversation with you. And so as I, I, I close this morning, I want, I want to invite you into a couple things. I want to invite you, first of all, for many of you in the room, it's just that next step. It's just saying, I'm going to commit to the next step. And each of you, that's going to be different. Maybe they'll have a, a run on laminators at the office store. I don't know. <laughs> you look cooler than that. You're fine. <laughs> hey. Or, you know, before you leave the room, you're going to set that alarm on your phone. Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock, your phone's going to go off. You're like, oh, yeah, that short, bald, Sri Lankan-looking guy, he was speaking on Sunday, and he, he, he challenged me to pray. Hey. And you take that moment. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but for most of us in the room, we can, we can take it to the next level. Maybe, maybe you're one of those uh, people in the room, you, you already pray two hours a day, and God's going to say, well, I, I want to spend more time with you. Or I want to take it to it. I want it to be more targeted. I want it to be more. God wants to go on an adventure with us. So would you bow your heads as the musicians come? And I, I want to challenge you to think, just kind of close yourself in with God and say, what do I need to do to walk with you at a new place? You called me to relationship, and I want to grow in that relationship. What is it for me? God is so creative that even in this moment, he's walking around to each individual and inviting each of you to that friendship, that new place. And I, as a guest here, I don't want to miss this moment either. Maybe there are some of you here in the room, you're invited by a friend, you just happened to be here for some reason or the other, or you've been coming for a while and you have yet to begin that relationship with Jesus. When I pray, I want to give you that opportunity to begin that relationship with him. It's the best decision you'll ever make because he wants to spend the rest of your days with you. So as you're closed in with God... In this moment, make that decision to the next step. 
or make that decision for a first step. If you decide to make a decision for the first time, I'm going to ask you after the service to go back to the next steps uh, table in the back, and you can uh, there'll be someone there to talk you through what that uh, all that means. But in this moment, as we pray, just reach out to Jesus because he he's walked as close to you as you possibly can without overriding your will, and so he's standing here saying, "Just reach back to me." He died for your sins that you could have forgiveness but he's looking for you to reach back to him and accept what he's done for you. And for so many of us in the room, that also means we're gonna walk back into that relationship at a new level. Lord, in this holy moment, we reach out to you we reach out to you, whether for the first time, 400th time, we reach out to you and relationship with you. That's why you died for us, that we could be close to you. Lord, I pray for my friends here in the room. I pray that each of us, not out of guilt, not out of obligation, but out of opportunity and joy, we would respond to your invitation to a deeper relationship with you, a deeper friendship, a deeper conversation, a more enjoyable conversation. Lord, I pray that each person in this room would truly find that prayer is a get-to before it's a have-to. You've invited us in. How staggering, how amazing, how transforming that is. So I pray that each of us would take that next step to walk with you and enjoy your company. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Nathan. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, Kevin's one of the coolest guys I know, right? That's awesome. Thank you. That was amazing. I really believe that what God is wanting to do, I don't believe this is an accident that he's here. I mean, we probably met or talked maybe a couple years ago, wasn't it? <clears throat> For some reason, time just didn't seem it was the right time, but this was the time. And I believe that God is doing a deep thing in our hearts and in our lives personally, but also then collectively as a church. And I believe that where he wants to take us can only be preceded by prayer. I remember for myself, Mary and I, when we went to college, we were married, went to college, married, and uh, Bible college, I got a degree in, a couple degrees uh, in biblical studies as well as then in ministerial studies. 
And again, I, you, you know some of my story. I, was, I grew up in the home of a pastor, and so I know all about prayer, right? But as I look back in my years in college, the thing that I learned most, of, most more than anything that I value, I love the book studies. I love all those, you know, studying the Pentateuch and, you know, all, all, the, all the things. But the thing, to be honest, the thing that has, I value more than anything is that it was during those years that God really taught me the value of prayer. And it was with a, a professor that was probably incredibly brilliant. But I happened to go into the chapel one morning, early morning, and I saw him just calling out to God. And I went back that night and I saw him again. They're just calling out to God in the balcony of the chapel, the church that, or the, the, the college that I was attending. And there was something said, if that man within, that knows Greek and Hebrew and, 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 and just taught in seminaries and just, you know, written commentaries. And if that man feels the need to call out to God like that, I'm missing something and I need that. And I determined at that moment, I want to be a person of prayer. And I've got a long way to go. I'm still looking for that bat phone and, and the phone booth. But in the meantime, I, I look back and say, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for that. And he, again, I, I'm so far from, from an expert in this area. That's why Kevin's here, to help us in it. I know this, that what God is doing, he wants, he's calling us to prayer, individually and collectively. Kevin, would you mind just coming back to the, if you could come back just to the, to the platform, and would you pray over us? We just know that this is, these, these are the best people ever, okay? And, I, and I'm, I'm biased, and I'm okay with that too. But I just know, I sense, you know, what I sense in my heart, God is doing such wonderful things in, in our church, in our community. And this, this is so timely because I know that I know it has to be preceded by prayer. And we would love to have you just pray over us as a family, as a body, that the Lord would teach us to pray and call us into times of prayer. Uh, we have prayer Wednesdays, we saw in the video announcements, uh, every Wednesday at 7 here in the sanctuary. And just, we just really pray, if you could just pray for us, that God would just really, uh, just really call us to times of prayer and, and just to, to, to step into that calling upon us. I'd love that. So. Lord, I thank you for what you have planned for this church. I thank you for a burden of prayer that's going to fall on this place, that's going to capture people's hearts. Lord, throughout history, everything that you have done, you have proceeded with the people calling out to you in prayer. And so, Lord, I pray that you would raise that up in this place. God, as you have moved in other places throughout history, why not here? Why not now, God? Lord, I pray that there would be something that would stir. So often, God moves in young people. I see young people in the room. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you would stir young people, Lord, to come and seek your face. Lord, and go after you like never before and see what you would do. Lord, you're a God who still desires to move. You're a God that still desires to call people to yourself. And so God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would move on hearts and minds. Lord, I pray that the prayer meeting would not be a place that of drudgery and like people being drawn in by force, Lord, but it would be a place Oh, God, that people would run to. Lord, it would be a place of healing. I pray for miracles and signs and wonders. Lord, things would happen there, Lord, as only you can do. So raise up in this place a heart and a burden. Lord, as you say in your word, a prayer, place of prayer and a spirit of prayer and supplication would come upon this people. Lord, by your spirit, by your power. 
Lord, fill, I pray, in Jesus' name.